0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we get set for another big midweek of Premiership action. Rangers can go top of the table when Ross County come to Ibrox tomorrow. Stephen Welsh says Celtic are blocking out any outside noise when it comes to that title race. And Neil Warnock believes it's possible for teams outside Glasgow to challenge for the title, but only with time and good recruitment. Two fine pieces of recruitment for us tonight. Charlie Mulgrew and Gordon DL. Easy for you on a Tuesday night these days. You've mm. got the weekend action fresh in the memory and ready to go on to a big midweek as well. Yeah, I think everybody, um, you know, after the weekend settled down. Uh, congratulations to all the clubs that have made the quarterfinals. Um, especially Morton Friday night terrific uh, result for them to get off uh, to a good start and then you've got the other teams that apart from Livingston struggled a little bit um, good cup draw but all eyes are firmly beyond tomorrow night Ross County calling at Ibrox uh, Rangers got a great opportunity to leapfrog Celtic in the league and obviously Motherwell looking to bounce back from that disappointing cup exit up at Aberdeen league business. See, when you've been there many times, Charlie. See, when you're at like this stage of the cup, you know, you're in February and the title race, and all, is that when the season really starts to feel, not, not saying it doesn't feel real before that, but you know everything really ramps up a little bit. Yeah, you know every game counts. I mean, Norwich doesn't count before, but you know that Rangers are... Rangers are power non-Celtic need to pick up results Rangers need to pick up every result you know that they're playing either playing just after you or just before you and, and the Cup's coming up and there's pressure on the games as well you want to win every game you get into but um, yeah you know that this is really business end of the season and, and you need to win games to, to pick up trophies and these will be a big player step up and, and get results 0141 that is the number you need so come on down why wouldn't you want to speak to Charlie Mulgrew or Gordon DL tonight for you Rangers fans it's kind of like where we were last week get the right result go top of the table we'll hear from Philippe Clement it won't surprise you to hear that he isn't getting involved in talk of title races or gaps and all that sort of stuff but for fans clearly there is an excitement there is it symbolic how important do you think it would be to, to go top now do it this early and try and um, put a bit of pressure on so what are you thinking ahead of tomorrow night maybe you've got game specific thoughts as well I think everyone's already um, getting a bit excited about this title race and then Celtic fans you're on the other end of it not much you can do this midweek you have to sit back hope that Ross County maybe do you a favour um, it would just be by goal difference anyway so how do you all feel about it heading into this midweek 01419511025 that is the number you need and you can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB. So do get in touch. If it's any help before we get going, um, Gordon Deal, his head's gone already, mm, isn't it? No, I'm not happy. T- tell everybody why. I'm in the wrong seat. Charlie's still in your seat. Yeah, it's like going on a bus and sitting in the wrong seat, sitting backwards. You're, I'm just not comfortable. And I'm looking in that screen, and the size of him to me is a bit embarrassing now. I'm trying <laughs> to sort of. Why do you think I moved him far away from me? I know. Unbelievable. Where are you? you six four? Six four, aye. I've tried to explain this I'm to you, six. right? There is a rule the tallest of the pundits needs to go on the outside, right? Because there's not enough room where that, you but, are. But my problem is, you know me, this TV, and it's, it looks quite expensive. That could come down but tonight. Every other pundit we've got, right, would just take it in the chin and say, right, whatever, I'll sit wherever. But you genuinely have mumped and moaned about this. 
yeah, for the last 15 minutes before Is it going to make any difference to your performance? It will do because beat the pundit may make a big difference I'm usually sitting there full of confidence <laughs> Right? It's, we used, listen, we're used to sending the fatos in here Right? We send the Hannahs and all that The big, the bulky boys Right, this is the bulky well, you're boys bulkier than him uh, Who? Him Charlie yeah, yeah, probably because I'm doing the weights. Charlie's just doing a lot of running. When I was 16, I was six foot two, right? And I signed for Celtic. I don't know if I've told this story before. Mum and Dad's small, right? Five foot seven. My dad, he said he was five foot eight, but he's five foot seven, right? My mum, my mum, uh, my mum's small as well. And Tommy Burns said we walked in. Where does he get his height from? My dad was genuine. He was proud. He says, My granny was tall. His granny was about six foot. And Tommy Burns went, Who did she play for? <laughs> <laughs> on that note any other hype related jokes get them into us in 01419511025 Gordon Deal will eventually stop moaning about it hopefully uh, and we can talk football like I say Rangers fans heading along to Ibrox tomorrow although I don't know whether to save this for tomorrow or spread it across the two nights I feel like what we really need to hear from is people who've got Valentine's plans and the football colliding you know what I mean people mm. have had to make really tough decisions people who are risking relationships to go and try and see Rangers mm. go top I feel like, you're, Maybe the that's per- where I I feel like you're the perfect man For this conversation <laughs> An important game always fell in this important date It's funny that but anyway. take, take your girlfriend, fiance or whoever Your partner Tybrooks. with you Tybrooks. Oh, what a Nice night out That will be Anyway, if you're heading along tomorrow Or keeping an eye on it from afar How important is it, Rangers fans? How much emphasis do you put on the chance to go top? Philippe Clement, the players They'll give us all that one game at a time stuff They'll distance themselves from it, I'm sure uh, but what do you think? Is there a symbolism attached to it? How do you view that game tomorrow? And Celtic fans, you're very much involved. Like I say, you're just going to have to wait and see the outcome of that one tomorrow. Um, so how do you feel about the title race at the moment? Any Aberdeen fans out there or general members of the Scottish football public? Neil Warnock reckons someone from outside Glasgow could contend at the top of the table if the circumstances were right. I wonder if you agree with that or is that an absolute impossibility, a pipe dream, a thing of the past? Do let us know. 0141951025. Listen, you ask the question, they will answer. I can just see the word fiancé has appeared on my screen as if Mm. somebody's speaking to the producer about their fiancé. I knew this would happen this week. (laughs) Anyway, let's go to the phone lines and see who's first through. Ross, I believe. How are you, Ross? Hi Gordon, Gordon, Charlie. Hope you're all right. How's it going? I'm all good. Yourselves? Yeah, not bad. Um, just obviously, it was one quick point I've got on the fact. I think it was that yesterday. Rogers said that there was negative comments coming from outside. Yep. Um, I firmly believe. I think that the negative comments are coming from inside the club. It's the Celtic fans that are not happy, and it's as a voice in the opinion. So I would say that a lot of the negative stuff comes from Celtic Celtic fans. Um, I've also got a point on the fact that the situation we are bad. Just now, Charlie might be able to come in here in, in, in regards to this, but I just feel like the new Abada is a really, really important player for Celtic, and I know he's not really been hitting form, but I think with the comments saying that he's not on the right frame of mind, that's telling me that I think he's on the way out of Celtic, and I think if we do lose Abada, I think it would be a, a massive loss. Um, I just think, obviously, just now with the situation with the Green Brigade and the Palestine stuff, and I'll try and stick away to the politics stuff, Gordon, but just obviously on the football aspect, I think if they lost Abada, I think it would be a massive, massive loss. Yeah, let's do the second point first. It won't surprise anyone to hear that Charlie Mulgrew and Gordon Deal are not experts in Middle Eastern conflicts and politics. I'm not mm. sure that's why anyone um, has tuned in tonight, but 
to obviously not make light of what is a very serious situation, it's a very difficult one for Leah Labada, Gordon. Mm. We can agree on that. Um, the nuances of what's going on elsewhere are, you know, are overwhelming. But for him as a footballer, can you see all of this maybe leading towards just him and Celtic parting ways? His form doesn't seem to be the same as it was. I think. I think the worrying uh, signs was Easter Road. Uh, he come off the bench, Gordon, and probably had his worst spell on a football park he's had for a long, long time. He was all over the place. I think Mark and I commented on it in th- the Thursday night show. Um, I felt for a lad, and then after it with the Celtic fans, obviously after that, you know, um, dramatic one out of the penalty kick, celebrating with their supporters, quite rightly so, uh, after a game. Um, he goes up the tunnel, doesn't take really much part in it. Yeah, I, I think it could be, unless Brendan Rodgers can turn this round, which he could because he's a very good man management manager, Sorry, but I think that just now looking at the situation, I think Abada will leave Celtic and so on. I think for you, Charlie, to make it very generally again, the, the reasons for it are quite complex and quite sensitive, but if you're not in the right frame of mind at any club, how mm-hmm. tough is that? And then particularly one with a spotlight like Celtic. Yeah, I think if he's not in the right frame of mind and he needs to he needs to weigh that up, can Brendan Rodgers get the best out of him? Can he can he bring it back and get the best out of himself? Can he have that connection with the fans and get them on side with him and, and him playing at his best football? He needs to decide whether he can do that. And that probably takes a couple of couple of months, couple of weeks and decide that before the summer. And if he can't then then he probably mm-hmm. has to go. Um because the most important thing that he's at his top of his game for Celtic. And he's enjoying his football and Celtic mm-hmm. fans see the best of him. The manager gets the best of him. He's best for the team. And if it's not the case, then for the all parties, it's best that he, that he moves on. Because, look, Ross, I suppose there will be times when a player's not in the right frame of mind for a very different reason. And all it takes is an arm round the shoulder or a bit, you know, a bit of one-on-one time with the manager or someone within the club being able to help out, you know, maybe personal circumstances. But obviously with the size of this issue, it sort of, goes above and beyond all that sort of stuff you would imagine do you feel like it's just going to be too tough to pull this back yeah I think obviously in terms of as you say the sensitive stuff I think it's going to be tough for a bad to stick around but I I just think as I say I know he's not been hitting form and I think he's one of the players where I think if you look at his his form previously he is a massive 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 player for us and, and as I say I do think that if we lose him I think it will be a massive loss and I think in terms of the winger situation, we've obviously got about six or seven wingers at the club and some out on loan, but I do firmly believe, I think Abada is still a massive part of this club and I would love to see him stay at Celtic. Gordon, it could be two and two together to add up to five here. It's just a theory. You wonder though, because remember when Nicholas Kuhn was signed, people were adding up all the wingers, saying the Celtic really need another one. You wonder maybe internally if Roger sort of knew that Real a bad situation way. either, you know. Maybe he will leave at the end of the season. Maybe he's not going to be in the right frame of mind because, whilst Ross is right to say he has been a really important player for Celtic, mm-hmm. obviously due to injuries, but he's only played eleven times this season. He's only scored one goal, as we've just mentioned. A couple of those have been really non-effective sub appearances. So maybe that, maybe that was. Yeah, part but of I think you've got to take into consideration the boys had injuries. Uh, which I know is, that's why the eleven appearances, yeah, yeah, which has obviously held them back. Um, Look, it's a, it's a very difficult one. Um, nobody knows where Abad's mind is at this moment in time, how he feels. Um, I'm sure Brendan Rodgers, as I touched on, very experienced manager. He knows how to handle players. He's a young player as well. 
Um, I'm, I, I always say, you never say never in this game because you never know what's going to throw up. But I will be surprised, especially with the luxury of the amount of wingers that Celtic have got, that Abada will be here for next season. Let's hear from Brendan Rodgers. This was his explanation as to why he couldn't play the weekend. Yeah, he wasn't in the right frame of mind. So, um, so I'll speak a lot to, to Lael. And it has been a challenging time for him. And I just felt when he came into the game the other night, it just wasn't him. And um, So we gave him this chance to, to have a few days and just clear his mind. And then I'll have a chat with him again next uh, next week, see where he's at. Um, on Rossi's first point, to almost go back to it, Rossi, you think... Elaborate a bit on what you think has been going on because Brendan Rodgers says there's negativity, it's outside, there's a, there's a narrative, people trying to bring him down and, and the team down, but you know they'll they'll have their day. I think was the phrase. What's your assessment of that again? Well, I, I personally think that a lot of the negativity that's that's came this season has came from us Celtic fans because one we're not happy with the transfer market in the summer, and two we're not happy with the transfer window in January, and then obviously there's been the situation with. As I say, with Rogers coming back to start with. So, in terms of obviously the negativity he's talking about from the outside, as I say, I just think generally you know, a lot of the negativity comes from Celtic Celtic fans. I don't, I don't think a lot of other clubs have, have, have said anything negative. I think it's all came from Celtic fans in this show and obviously online. Yeah, Brendan Rogers did pick his moment at the weekend, Gordon, mm. to, to sort of maybe have a bit of a pop at unnecessary negativity where that comes from there was fans on last night sort of defending that and saying that's right and we all need to stick together but Ross is pointing out a lot of it in his mind has come from from Celtic fans yeah, not... there have been banners there was guys standing mm. up shouting at the board was yeah. that the Hearts game? Yeah of course I have uh, but I'm not going to ship the blame all onto the Celtic supporters because I think media and pundits have got to take a bit of responsibility um, I looked at on Saturday looked at the Celtic game against St Mirren after recent performances although I still tipped them to win the league uh, I thought they could have been a shock at Paisley uh, I said that on the show I thought that St Man had a great opportunity to play Celtic especially with injuries that Celtic had especially with Celtic had been performing um, and they, I, I think everybody gives them a bit of criticism when they're not because they set such a high bar Gordon and sometimes it's a bit of a compliment because you're saying, well, Celtic, you, people will come on here and say, well, we, we've lo- only lost one, we're top of the league, we're doing this and we're doing that. But they've set such a high bar. Supporters inside Celtic Park as well uh, demand that. Of course they do. But I don't think you can just put all the blame at the Celtic supporters' door. I think pundits and the media guys certainly have had a little bit of a dig. But like you? Yeah, well, that's what I said. I, I thought... Um, I gave Celtic criticism on Thursday because I looked at wingers, for instance, that they brought in, they've got an abundance of wingers, and I was a bit concerned that I looked at two, three wingers that were never positive, never went to full-backs, never went by full-backs. Every time they took the ball, they turned back the way and they played the simple pass. Now, if that's criticising Celtic, I'll take responsibility for that. You're allowed to do that. Right. I think that's but, over the top. But I still said on Saturday when I was put in the spot... I wasn't going to change my mind. I tipped Celtic at the beginning to win the league. I'm staying with that because they've got important players to come back. I think I'll be very tight because Rangers will have a great opportunity tomorrow night to go top of the league and put a bit of pressure on them. But I just think with the players, the manager, everything they've got, I think they'll just pip in. Uh, Charlie, results have actually been pretty good. I think mm-hmm. you know, was it in the last nine, is it eight, eight wins and one 
draw that draw up at Aberdeen what have you made of performances in that time or, or the last couple um, I think the narrative all comes from the fact that as Gordon said there the bar's been set so high so in the last 12 years Celtic have won what 10, 11 titles um, won, won a lot of them really comfortably and I think that's where the Celtic fans are seeing Rangers having a picking up results and, and not being that clear distance in the league and they start to start to feel on oh, here he, there's going to be a bit of a title race here which there's not been a lot of uh, recently then on top of that the summer transfer window isn't great the January one isn't great and it just builds pressure and that's what that's what that's the bar that Brendan Rodgers Ange Postacoglu and Neil Lennon have set in the last how many mm. years so I think that uh, you can understand it and that, that that's the way it goes in the old firm I mean back when Rangers were winning everything in the 90s and then Celtic started to come back in it I'm sure the Rangers fans were then getting worried and worried that that Celtic coming back and that's what happens I mean there's a title race on definitely this year it's going to be difficult and I think that for both teams and it's just it's just the nature of it that's, that's what it's like I mean the pressure's on both clubs but right now because Celtic have been dominating they're getting they're getting the the, the fans and the, the media are getting on top of them the, the swing must play a part if the two teams had started neck and neck in August and just stayed neck and neck mm. and we arrived in February with Celtic top of the league People would, like you say, would say, look, Celtic are top of the league, what's all the drama? But it looked, it almost looked done and dusty. And the, the, the games ago, that Celtic it? are losing on the old firm, they're winning the old firm game, so yeah. it's like... That, the important one. Yeah, it's the, the <clears> ones where, the ones that are losing, that's causing a bit more pressure as well, whereas Rangers, you, you can kind of, although you don't like, like uh, losing old firm games, you can you can understand how that's that's your, t- your toughest the, the game, rival. There's right? a few things you can add into. You can look at the uh, Rangers, and Celtic fans will look at the other side of the city and make no doubt about that. Rangers brought in a manager that has impressed a lot of people. Um, you know, defensively for away from home, don't concede goals, winning games. Um, got his transfer business done quite early, brought his players in, and the Rangers fans are happy with that. If you flip that, the Celtic fans went with Brendan Rodgers, who said openly, look, I'm looking for four quality players. And Celtic fans automatically thought, right, OK, in January, we're going to get four quality players in here. I find that sometimes very, very difficult for managers to go and do. Celtic couldn't achieve that, but they've still got a very, very good squad. And I think that's where the negativity comes from. You expect Rangers to go top tomorrow, Ross? Does that, I don't know, does it matter to you? How, how do you view what could happen this week? No, I'd, I expect Rangers to beat Ross County 3 or 4 nil tomorrow. So I expect them to go top and then pressure's on Celtic going into the game on Saturday against Kilmarnock, which then hopefully they'll go back top and put pressure on Rangers this Sunday. But I agree with Charlie and Gordon. I, I think it's, it's neck and neck this season. And it's good for Scottish football in terms of a title race. Um, it's obviously not good for the heart rate, Gordon, in terms of um, going to Celtic games and stuff and watching the games. But no, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. And uh, like now, if you're asking me who won the league, I, I think it's 50 50. It can go either way. Thank you very much to Ross. It's a good time to call 0141951025. We'll get you on next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141951025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Charlie Mulgrew and Gordon Diel are here I might need to put a call out for any medical professionals out there We think Gordon Diel's struggling with a a well-known condition That we'll get to later on in the show But we'll just let him get through the serious football stuff And then I'll maybe put some pleas out there For anyone who can come on and help him Bobby is on the line How are you Bobby? I'm good Gordon, I'm good Thanks for taking the call Pleasure Bobby, you're a Rangers fan So what are you thinking then this week? Chance to go top? Eh... 
Yeah, hopefully tomorrow night. I guess there's been a lot of excitement around the team in recent weeks with the results that have been coming through, but I still have a major concern about the number nine position, Gordon. We didn't fill it during the January transfer window, and we've effectively got one fit, natural number nine in the building. And I think the fans are probably of the view that he's not the best. And, and I guess if you look at the... I was looking at the stats. The last three games against... Home games against Livingston, Aberdeen and Air United. Rangers have had 81 shots at goal and they've scored seven against three teams that are average, I would say, at best, have scored seven goals. I think that tells us that there is an issue in the number nine position. And, and the main problem, I think, Gordon, is you're going into the final run in a league championship, a Scottish Cup and a Europa League, and we're going with one fit number nine in the building. Mm. Now, I don't know. I don't know what happened during the window. I don't know who they tried to get, who they failed to get, but I would have thought that would have been their single biggest priority, and it worries me that they haven't fixed it. Are we overplaying this stuff, Bobby, a little bit? I'll get Gordon's thoughts being the brilliant goal scorer that he was, as he always tells us, but I know everybody keeps pointing out that Fabio Silva's maybe not out-and-out number nine, he's maybe not going to be an absolute goal machine, but wonder if we're now overthinking that a bit. Does he not clearly look capable of, of playing there and doing a fine job based on what you've seen so far? Yeah, see, Gordon, I think there's more than goals. There's kind of three things to your number nine. There's, there's hold up, there's, there's linking up the play, and there's scoring goals. And the two guys that obviously everybody wanted to buy during the window, the boy Miofsky at Aberdeen and Shankland, obviously do that. Shankland particular to, a, to pretty good effect. Silva's, in my view... Same with Essas, to be fair. Not a hold-up man, not a link-up man, and neither of them are going to bag you goals in the biggest games. In my view, in my view, you've got a huge second part of the season coming. There was a chance to do an extended run in the Europa League if we could get that number nine position fixed, and we haven't done it, and that's what concerns me. Mm. The lack of goals. As I said earlier, 81 shots against three kind of relatively average teams, and we're scoring seven. Out of 81 shots at goal. Bobby may still be right, Gordon, but to, to revisit that with you, I mean, look, Fabio Silva's got two goals in his last three games. He's, he's, he's just in the building and I know people are watching him and saying he likes to maybe drift around, but do, do, they, do they all need to be out and out penalty box number nines? I just wonder if we're over-exaggerating his, his uh, deficiencies I'm, a little I'm bit. I'm sort of uh, on Bobby's side here. I, I sort of agree with that. If you're going to go the, the final push... I think that could be the difference. I think that you look at Silva, I, I, I think he's a very good player. I've got to say, I, I think he's getting better by more games and obviously getting used to the Scottish game. Um, he'll get his he'll get his uh, few goals, but he'll not be prolific. Absolutely not. I think Seema is a massive miss. He was in great form, scoring goals for fun before he got injured. Dessers is a toss of the coin. You never know what he's getting. Uh, Danilo obviously um, long term injury I, I look Cantwell can chip in you're looking at your midfield you're looking at your wide guys Matondo getting a couple of goals I think that with the games that are coming up Europe the fact that Scottish Cup and still obviously in a great position for a league if they had that centre point that I'm not bothered about link up hold up play just a guy that in the box, because Rangers will create chances for you. They've got creative players, good players. Someone that just sticks the ball in the back of the net constantly. <coughs> Majorski's one at Aberdeen. Shanklin, well, knows one at Hearts. 
and maybe Rangers looked at maybe bring someone else in for the continent. I don't, I don't know. Maybe mm. like Celtic couldn't get them over the line, but I do agree with a lot of what Bobby says. Yeah, totally agree, Bobby. I mean, Dessers looks to me he needs three three chances before he can score three or four chances. Silva, Fabio Silva looks like number ten, a winger, number ten type of player. Um, and I think when Rangers, what I've seen Rangers recently is. They look to go more direct. Um, they're, they're not scared to go more direct over the top, which I think is a good thing. So you need somebody that runs in behind. Dessers does that. Silver likes to come to feet, but Dessers needs three or four chances. I mean, if the ball's over the top and behind for Dessers, I wouldn't fancy him to score. And I think that they missed a trick there by not signing Shankland or Mioski. Um I know this isn't everything because just because a team has scored X amount of goals, that doesn't necessarily underline the effectiveness of their number nine, which, which Bobby is... Is getting at in terms of chances created, chances mm. scored. I think they've scored seven fewer than Celtic. They've played a game fewer. Everybody's apparently expecting Rangers to score. I don't know, at least you know two or three tomorrow. The gap between the two and goals scored wouldn't be huge. Does it matter that much? Well, I suppose not, if the if I'm, the total is is as close as I, that. I am not saying for one minute that Rangers can't go on and win the league, win the Scottish Cup, or win and win in Europe. I'm not saying that. Uh, there's a lot of games, and I think they've got good quality players. And the big, big plus for them, especially away from home since Clement's come into the building, defensively they've been solid. And that's, Charlie will tell you, that's where you build your team from from the back and let the midfield players, creative players and the front men go and do their business and win your games. But what I would say is if they had a Brota, and there's the two names we keep coming up with, Majowski and, and Shanklin, into the building, that sort of player... I think you'd have been a lot more confident of Rangers mm. going and achieving that. Well, he, here's a difference straight away. Do you remember the old firm game when Dessers goes through sure, goals yeah. a couple of times and he, he takes an age to have a shot at goal? Goals change games. That could have made a difference of Rangers getting a draw or a result that day. And that's that's what makes a difference with points. And there's no doubt from now to the end of the season, Rangers are going to have a few games where it's going to come late in the game and they're going to need goals. And that's where a prolific striker that knows where to be in the box, like Shankland or Mioski, that's where they pull you at home and how many times have we saw it the strikers that are perfect like that scoring big goals at big in big games Bobby no, you're not taking confidence from the fact that you know the manager seems to be getting a tune out of whatever's there at the moment you still think it's going to fall short or, or can he squeeze that that title winning bit out no I mean Gordon he has done he's obviously squeezed more out of the guys that were in the building before he got there I absolutely get that but like Charlie's saying there my fear is when you're playing against Air United and Livingston in the St Mons of this world, you might get away with misfiring strikers, but when you're into the dying embers of a championship and you're up against the Celtics and you're up against really strong competition in the Europa League, you won't get away with a misfiring striker. That's my fear. I mean, defensively, we're doing well, but up front, you need... In, in the competitions that they're now finding themselves in at the advanced stage, you need a number nine that can bag you goals. And I'm... I'm surprised that nothing came out in any sort of media to say who he tried to go for, why did they not get them. I mean, I know the boy, Van Veen, not, not saying he's the answer, but he was clearly available if he's going to if he's going to Kilmarnock. Whether he would have been the answer in a six-month loan, at least to give us another option, I don't know. But to go with one guy, one fit number nine, who we've all agreed isn't the best, it's a massive risk. Mm. Yeah, I think. Well, I think Philippe Clement said after the, the transfer window that he, he was pretty happy with what he got. He didn't seem to be suggesting that they had gone for someone and, mm. and missed out. It seemed like he was happy with 
with what he had and let's hear a bit in terms of tomorrow the manager says he won't look at the league table after the Ross County game however he does think that increased excitement and expectation from supporters could help the players on the pitch if fans are ex- excited it's only a good thing it gives energy but we're only busy with our own game and, and Ross County that's the only thing so it's, it's good for the players also uh, for sure a few months ago it was another kind of noise when they came on the pitch and they didn't like that one. So this one they like and already from the, from the last games. So that's a positive thing. All the games are important and I know I'm a, quite a boring guy about that <laughs> because I repeat myself a lot, but it's it just, it's the only way. And I know I've been long enough in this game. It's the only way to have success if your mindset is like that. So I will keep my mindset because I want to win things. And I will see that my players keep that mindset also. I will not look at the league table. I'm just, I will be happy if we won the game. That's the only thing. Managers always tell us that. Players tell us that. You're now free of all that stuff. You can be honest. The players look straight onto the bus. Sky Sports app to see the table. 100%. He doesn't tell his players that, but there's no way. He knows exactly how that table's sitting. And it's it's impossible not to have a look. I mean, don't get me wrong, he'll be completely professional. And he might not tell his players that, but... He's going to have a look, isn't he? In, in terms of, because for the players as well, I wonder what it's like, right? Because they'll all, cause I'm, sure that, I'm sure he's been honest in terms of the message. He's not going to be yeah. talking about it in training. Yep. He'll just be focused on process and all that stuff. Um, but the players are then going to presumably run out against Ross County and it's going to be much louder than it would be yeah. for a midweek game against Ross County in September when you're seven points behind. It just is. So as a player, how do you... How do you actually focus on just that? You know, or how do you actually put it to one side that, that it can be a night where you go you top? You don't put it to one side. You know exactly what's happening. You know exactly if we win this game right for the start, give ourselves a good start, get a few goals here, and we can make the game easy for ourselves and go top the league tonight. And it's just that's just naturally what it is. It's the same thing as if Celtic have got an early kickoff before they play Rangers and they take a wee stretch of three points at the top of the league and you have to run out that tunnel, there's, there's a bit of you going, oh, we didn't need that you always get a lift if the team had dropped points just before you it was all, I remember playing playing in the Sunday and Rangers were up Bugen didn't train at, at Barrafield the day before the game before we went to the hotel and Rangers were playing early and we kept we were training a bit later so we kept looking at the result and we realised Rangers I think they drew it to Dundee United or something three each and the buzz and the lift you got leaving the training ground to go to the hotel knowing that the next day you turn up mm-hmm. you win the game you go even further clear or you go top of the league it's 100% of players know Yeah, thank you to Bobby What about Karen then? Karen's on the line How are you Karen? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you What are you thinking tomorrow night? Yeah, I think we will do it I do think um, we will go top of the league um, That's what I was phoning Because you were talking earlier about Valentine's Oh yes um, mm-hmm. and, Well, I'm a Rangers fan My fiance is a Celtic fan um, And I said to him I'll make a nice dinner But then I'm going to watch the football <laughs> <laughs> Love it I see why not What are you cooking Karen? Sorry? What are you cooking? Um, doing a three course dinner Doing <sighs> prawns and steak And then a oh. caramel cheesecake Oh, by the way, oh, by the way if, that, if that was me Don't say anything you're going to regret no, That would be my advice to I you I would be over the moon with that <laughs> And I'd be saying to Karen Enjoy the game as I'm closing the door To sit down, watch a TV With a nice glass of wine after that Fantastic dinner Karen, is your cooking, <laughs> is your cooking good enough That your fiancé is going to It's going to make up for potentially Seeing your team go above his in the league? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> it's about a con. Took a, yeah. took a minute, <laughs> but there is a bit of confidence <laughs> in there. <laughs> so you're you're going off to the game and I leaving him in his own. All I wanted for Valentine's. So if you lose, no, if Rangers lose the game, is there still a bit of romance when you come back for the game? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> what if they win? <laughs> what she's really saying is there's no dessert. <laughs> Karen, I'm worried about this. These two have got that mischievous look in their eye. All I wanted for Valentine's was Rangers to be top of the league. And then his answer was to me, well, we know what happened a few years ago on Valentine's mm. Day. Oh, well, yeah, that, that is very true. Aaron's <laughs> keeping this very much football focused, which I suspect yeah. you two no, are, trying, no. are trying not to do. That's so why our mics are down. <laughs> I think it's in everyone's best interest that we just draw a line under it right now. Wish Karen Ander, what's your fiance's name, Karen? Kevin. Kevin, we wish you both the best. Me, Hope you have a successful night, whatever that means yeah. for both of you. 01419511025. Get your calls in whilst I tell you about this. Clyde one. You're scared of heights, aren't you? Yeah. Imagine being up the scaffolding, right? That's where Ollie was when he got the call and Much. won up and won £122,000 that'd be enough to tip you over the edge wouldn't it oh, yeah. did it tip Ollie over no I think he's very much fine he's renting a home at the moment so he's got a partner little boy <coughs> in the cards he's going to maybe move um, so brilliant great stuff for Ollie Hundred and you could be the winner of £125,000 you'd kick the backside out of Valentine's Day with that sort of money wouldn't you but you need to be in the draw so text yes text yes to 61025 if you do it right now you'll get two entries for the price of one text entry texts are £2 plus your standard network rate enter at Clyde1.com for £2 or call 0330-880-4523 and the calls are charged at a standard rate as well it is over 18s only and all the rules for this network competition can be found online the important bit if you get the call after 3pm tomorrow answer within five rings say make me a winner straight away and that's how you win the £125,000 text yes to 61025 0141-951-1025 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gordon Dale and Charlie Mulgrew are here we think Gordon Dale's got gout don't we are you, <laughs> how are you holding up uh, I've got a sore ankle that's for sure that's what I'm saying we think we've got to the bottom because you, you come in you've diagnosed this well you came in with your crutches a couple of weeks ago yeah. which we ridiculed you for but it's not going away and you've no. discovered that it comes and it goes so it's not like Charlie you've had all the injuries under the sun I'm sure that, that's that did make sense I was thinking a tendon thing because it was common inflammation when you were sleeping but gout no. sounds a bit nice especially with how the, do you know you've never had gout no, never had you're taking creatine into it full acid you're trying to get ripped in that for the summer yeah that, we googled that, it I've, and I've, we reckon we reckon it is gout going, well I had great physio yesterday I've got to say for Gavin and Stuart so if there's any boys, any doctors out there that want to help us give them any causes or cures we will we'll take them all because we need to fix this guy he's been limping for two weeks and he's doing my head in no I'm, it's more than two weeks I, I'm on my third is week the third week is yeah, it yeah I'm not happy do you drink happy. red wine occasionally but I don't really um, I, I think that's an old is it wise nah. tale I yeah know. I think it's all about I think I'm, my, my supplements are too much for my body steroids yeah, my, my supplements, <laughs> yeah. my bodybuilding too much. I think we've got to the bottom of it. So if anyone can give me any, you know, we could do like, you know, like alternative therapies. There must be like some old wife's tales out there that can cure you of your gout. No, a lot of people say it's meat and no, oh, that's nonsense. Well, that's gone. Will t- our that's... listeners will tell us. No, the There's listeners. nothing they don't know. 0141 951 1025. 
uh, if you want to help Gordon DL out or talk football, which David in Shawlands wants to do. How's it going, David? Uh, hi there, how are you doing? Good, you? Hi, David. Uh, first time uh, caller. Right, what made you call then? Um, it was the Lauren Shankland um, Miofsky debate. Um, it was just, see, regarding the old firm, the, the two of them are liked for them, regarding the five million price tag. Do you not think Miofsky would have been a better value for money? Um, I know Rangers and Celtic now, they're a selling club. Regarding a sell on value, Lauren Shankland's 28 now. I mean, is he looking at his last contract? Compared to Miofsky, what do you think? I, I I think it's a difficult one if you're sitting there and you've, for instance, the two of them come up and say, right, okay, we can have them for five million quid. Who do you pick? Of course, I think David makes a great point. Um, age twenty four, Miofsky um, to Shanklin twenty eight, but Shanklin is just an absolute goal machine. I think scoring goals is slight, slightly tips it for me, right? As a, a natural goal scorer, but I think Majorski's got so much to his game. I really do. And uh, added to that, he will certainly get you goals as well. I think it'd be a real difficult one because I can understand that people say, well, you're better with a 24 year old. Sometimes you bring in a, a Shankland, he, he could pay for that transfer over and over again, especially with the amount of goals that he could get you. How good do you think Majorski is? I think Majorski's very good. Yeah. Very, very good. I didn't. I didn't think he was as good until his last two games when I, I saw him at, up at Pataudry Live against Celtic and then the Ibrox and uh, what a handful he was, right good player. And, and I think the five million price tag, I think he would have got Shanklin for quite a bit cheaper than that. I mean, the Hearts fans will be on you for saying that, obviously. Yeah. But who, yeah. are you, who are you taking, Charlie? If you're sitting there and you two of them are the same price and it's uh, January window now, who are you taking? Oh, it's tough, that, isn't it? Um, well, that's why you'd be a manager, mate. You've got to make why, tough decisions. Is that why David's not right, though? You can't, David is right, sorry, that whether you like it or not, if you're talking about how much you pay yeah. for someone, you have to take their age into account. I, mm. How long can I get out of this player? Yeah. I'll say Lauren Shankland's retiring next summer, but he'll retire before. If you go and pay, right, Charlie says less than five million, right? Okay, I don't know what the price would be, but if you go and pay between that. One million, five million, let's put them in that bracket for Shankland. And you're successful in Europe and you win the league. It doesn't matter what age you are because that's paid a hundred times over. You right, can right? argue you can get 10, ten year service for Shankland. 38. Why not? Well, 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 well not far off it. They'll just say, we'll just say mm. 37. I'll just retire at 37. Okay, what, what, nine years. You're bagging the. Well, well whatever. <laughs> He's banging. He's, he's still got a lot of service. People say twenty eight as if he's done. He's coming. I would say he's coming into his prime. Mioski, mm. you can you can sell on, but you probably need to pay a bit more from. But there's no guarantees that. Uh, I, I don't know. He he. I, I think that. I would. Uh, Who would you take, Charlie? I'm taking. I'm taking Shankland. I'm taking Shankland. David, it's quite telling. I think that we did all this during the transfer window. It's still not going anywhere. I feel like. You know, we're, we're out of the window. Are you still living with a regret that you think your club should have gone for one of them, whichever one of them? I don't know. Um, being honest with you, I think we should have went... I don't, well, Rangers never do have a uh, business with Aberdeen. I mean, I, I mean, I took Miofsky, being honest with you. Just, he's younger. We don't know what he can do in this league. There's a better sell-on value. I mean, I, I get the guy's points. Shanklin can maybe win a league and maybe do well in Europe, but at the end of it, we've got no sell-on value. It's nice but, to have but, but surely, but surely, <laughs> if you're successful 
the the money that you get from winning mm-hmm. competitions, winning the league, being in Europe. I'm not saying Shankland's got to make Rangers win Europe League. Absolutely not. But I think you've got a better chance with Shankland in your team. I, I'm sitting on the fence with it because I've I forced Charlie into a, an answer, and you're, and you're looking, not willing to give us one. And I'm no, I'd probably take two of them. I think what you get with Shankland as well, you get a Scottish player playing in Scotland, probably going to be one of your leaders in the changing room. Helps bringing through the young lads, helps new signings settle. I mean, I don't know what Mioski's like as a lad, but I, I think that you probably get more of a leader in Shankland as well in your changing room. He's a captain of hearts. So all that comes into consideration. So what that value is for your club is a lot more than just saying you've got a 28-year-old who's coming to end of his career. Because as I said, mm-hmm. you could potentially have another 10 years out of Shankland. I, honestly, I've, I've caused chaos. The phone lines are absolutely going crazy because of the gout. Oh, the gout. Well, <laughs> nothing I was going to say because Shackland's fee. No, not, nothing to do with the foot. Genuinely, every single call, I can just see. There's like all Should we get your pu- ankle up on the table so the that viewers can see it that are watching live? This is the public are concerned. You cut your toenails? Oh, oh, my feet are as clean as anything. <laughs> anyway, uh, David... You've know, only got like four feet. toes, though. <laughs> David... <laughs> <laughs> David, the chance to go top tomorrow, what is that? Do for you? No, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not believing that. Um, being top means nothing. Um, end of the season counts. So has Philippe come on? Been on to you? Well, listen. I was a Ryan Kent getting back in the club, and um, that sort of get blown out the water. I need to put pull this cream off my face and just just leave it at that. Indeed. I mean, I, some fans, to be fair, Gordon are. Like David, that's fine. There is a long way to go. I think we totally get that. And you would get Philippe Clement's messaging and all the rest of it. Still can't shake that. There, there's going to be an expectation tomorrow from, from the Rangers fans. You're going to be able to sense it inside Ibrox. We had the same scenario last week, didn't we? Against Aberdeen, but I think it's different this week mm-hmm. because... Well, this is the game in hand as well, remember. Yeah, and last it's Ross County. Last week was about going top, maybe, <coughs> for a day until Celtic played yeah. again the following evening. This is it. This is the game in hand that's been... In the background for a couple of months now. Look, I think every Rangers fan going along tomorrow night will expect Rangers to be top of the league by the end of the game uh, because they're playing a Ross County side that have just changed their manager. An interim manager, uh, Don Cowie's come in. Uh, it's a big job for him. Uh, but they've not been in good form. They went to Fur Park and lost five and could have been a lot more. Uh, on the back of that, their manager resigned or you know they came to an agreement. So I think if you're Rangers and you're a supporter, you're looking for a good performance in top of the league tomorrow night. What a show this is. We've had so many calls in. Um, one from, I don't know if people want to stay anonymous. Somebody's phoned in to say that um, too much buckfast at the football gave them gout. Is that too much excuse? Oh, no, well, no, because right. obviously football, we can rule that out. There's another anonymous one, I think. I just, I'll leave the names. <laughs> a woman in Australia told him that you have to grate ginger onto a napkin and put it on the sole of your foot. We could do that during the break. <laughs> producer, <laughs> great ginger. Whichever producers in there, yeah, they could get to Asda by the time we come back. Ginger. ginger, a napkin, your foot on that desk, oh. that camera. I can see that. If, if it cures my uh, sore ankle and I can get golfing, I'll lie up there till the show finishes. I'm a bit nervous because like, Lee and Martin are on and they're telling us about like actual medication that you should get. I just don't feel like it's responsible for me to be advising people to get proper medication, but I'll take it. Get that, get that sock off. Give us all a look at it. There could be a doctor out there watching this live stream. 
my lad yesterday was surprised there is bound the size to, of see if you think about how popular this show is there's mm. bound to be a doctor out there that could diagnose this could be the first ever live stream diagnosis in Scottish football do you think so? I don't know it's made up but it sounds right, plausible okay. I'll, I'll nip into the toilet and wash the old feet before oh, don't make us sick 01419511025 is the number you need and we're going to play this right now Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Right, it is Beat the Pundit time. Your chance to win a signed ball, but only if you can get beyond Gordon Dale or Charlie Mulgrew. 0141 951 and the calls have to be in before seven. Tackle the headlines. 0141 951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Charlie Mulgrew and Gordon DL still here. What about the state of that foot that he just showed us oh, during the break? I'm so glad man. he put his sock back there on. Outrageous. That was a left foot lad in his career. Oh. You wouldn't be sitting here. That was absolutely disgusting. That's honestly. the thumb and dumb when he goes to get his nails clipped. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I've had various tweets in likening you to Winston Ingram uh, of Still Game uh, and some others as well. So He would have beat me in a, a 10-yard race. We'll keep the homemade remedies coming in to solve Gordon Dale's issues. Keep the calls coming. We're talking, of course, about Rangers having a chance to go top tomorrow night. I wonder how much emphasis you put on that as a fan. Philippe Clement, the messaging's quite clear about focusing on the game and the performance, but he does acknowledge fans are bound to get excited and there's bound to be a noise uh, in <coughs> Ibrox tomorrow that reflects that. Celtic fans, give us your side of things as well. Here's one maybe everyone can get involved in. Kind of rears its head from time to time, but Neil Warnock uh, reckons that someone outside Glasgow could potentially uh, compete for that title. Is that likely in our lifetimes? Let us know. 01419511025 and we'll play this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Right, beat the pundit time. How's the form? Last week, uh, oh, last week mix, nightmare, actually. no, no, mixed bag. I won Tuesday, a convincing one, and then lost Brilliant. Thursday tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Um, I'm like, that was I'm your like, Scotland hat tricks question? Yeah. That was abysmal. Oh, it was unlucky. How many players in the entire history of the Scotland national team have scored a hat trick? He said three. Yeah, I missed the other three. There was probably there was probably three in your. Actually, I, I can Scotland hat tricks. Did you witness? Did you play James Spot Forrest? Grass, Israel? James Forrest. Um, Fletcher. Fletcher either he playing Many would you have gone? I'd have went Well he's seen four. three You'd have went four Oh hurry up I'd have went Remember it, we, we're only one beat the pundit for a couple of minutes mate <laughs> 25 See he'd have been closer than you no, was three, it? It was. He's witnessed three of them this guy Anyway I took the question wrong. Blair is in Irvine How's it going Blair? I'm not bad how's it going? Not bad You ever played before? I haven't no Right Gordon Dale's like inconsistent I would say he's yeah. He's likely to make a mistake. Charlie Mulgrew's only played three times, but he's only won once. So it could be something you can take advantage of. Heads, it will be Gordon Dale's. He's a Charlie. bit nervous. Ah, he doesn't like it. He's he doesn't he like it. He closes his eyes at the top. <laughs> heads, it will be Gordon. Because your head's not. You're, you're in the tails because you've changed seat tonight. Let's see how it goes. Your heads. Oh, you're going to be raging at this. Well, it was going to have he? an impact either way. Heads I told you So normally that wouldn't be you But you've swapped cheats You need to swap cheats for me So it is It's you I'm afraid I made you swap Tallest goes right, on the okay. outside All the best real. Blair All the best Gordon Don't panic Right let's give Gordon Some greatest hits radio To listen to Just so that we can't <coughs> hear us here 
Uh, right, 30 seconds, Blair. Answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know the answer, OK? No problem. Right, let's go. Your 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Oscar Cortez is on loan from which team? One. Who's Celtic's assistant manager? Uh, John Kennedy. Who's Kilmarnock's top scorer this season? Uh, Danny Armstrong. Barry Ferguson's only honour outside of Scotland came at which club? Birmingham. Which round of the Champions League starts tonight? The round of 16. Who's Ross County's interim manager? Oh, pass. Jack Butland has made his most appearances for which club? Uh, um, pass, I don't know. Oh, you should have guessed a team. Let's bring Gordon Deal oh, back. Are you ready, Gordon? Can you yeah. hear us? Yeah, sorry. What do you mean, sorry? I'm looking at her. What did that say? Bear. Yeah. No, it's just the numbers on the other side backwards. He's just he's just he colours in. I know. I can see that he's tracing things on his sheet to keep him occupied. <laughs> Try to draw your foot. <laughs> <laughs> right, go. got a green pen. Uh, go. Come on. Thirty seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Oscar Cortez is on loan from which team? Oh, I can't remember. Pat. Who's Celtic's assistant manager? John Kennedy. Who's Kilmarnock's top scorer of this season? Uh, Watkins. Barry Ferguson's only honour outside of Scotland came at which club? Uh, Blackburn. Which round of the Champions League starts tonight? Um, Quarterfine Who is Ross County's interim manager? Don't care. Jack Butland has made his most appearances for which club? Um, Crystal Palace Who's got more Celtic appearances, Scott Brown or Paul McStay? Uh, I would say Scott Brown Okay, what do you think, Blair, have you done enough? Oh, I think he's done maybe one, I think <sighs> It was back and forward I don't think they were tough who do you want, Scott Brown or Paul McStay? That was a tight I had to win Scott Brown as well. Oscar Cortez is on loan from Longs, which uh, is 1-0 to wouldn't Blair. Wouldn't I get that? No, I wouldn't have got that. Uh, John Kennedy is, of course, the assistant of Celtic, so you both got that. Gordon stays one behind until, he correctly said, Marley Watkins mm-hmm. is Kilmarnock's top scorer. Man. We're all level. Barry Ferguson's only honour outside of Scotland came at Birmingham. Oh, I knew it started with a B. Did uh, you get that? Blair got it. Oh, Remember, well it was the Blair. 2011 yeah. League Cup beat yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Alex McLeish, yeah. the manager. So Blair goes one in front, I think. Uh, the round of 16. Look at you trying to figure out if I that know. is the quarterfinals. Yeah, it it's not the quarterfinals. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one before that. And Blair got it. Oh, I'm beat. Two up. Ross County's interim manager is Don Cowie. You pulled that back. Blair didn't get it. You trail by one, Gordon Diaz. That's the final one. Jack Butland has made his most appearances. Blair passed that. That was his last question. Oh, no, it's not you Crystal said Palace. Crystal Palace. Is it? It's Stoke City. Ah, oh, Stoke. That's right. Aye, okay, Blair. So Blair still leads by one, and it all comes down to a big 50 50. Who's got more Celtic appearances? Please tell me he went Paul McStay. <laughs> he didn't get that far. So it all just comes down to you. Oh. Scott Brown or Paul McStay. You went Scott Brown. You would have gone Scott Brown. It's Paul McStay. Oh. Blair has done you. Well done, Blair. Yeah, thank you. Good I man. wasn't really too bored because she at the end of the day. Many did you get there, player? Four three. Uh, I get four. Three. Four, four. A four three. Oh, even if I'd have got that right, Blair would have won the, the tiebreaker. Because you're so bad at the tiebreaker. I could have the tiebreaker, aren't you? Okay, Blair. Right, one victory doesn't mean a summer, mate. Just that, calm yourself that, down. That's not even a saying, though, is it? No, it's my saying tonight. That's because I'm the wrong seat. I caught him the wrong seat. Many of you have got That's there. completely made up. One <laughs> win does not mean a summer. <laughs>
It's one swallow, isn't it? But you right, but I just went one thing. That used to be my favourite. See, when I was out more often than I'm now interviewing managers, there was one manager in particular was so bad for it, and I won't, I won't dig him out, but every week, and it was as if it was deliberate, it would be like, um, be like water off a monkey's back <laughs> or looking to get the duck off your back you know like just complete mixed metaphors all the time uh, absolutely loved it every week like clockwork superb anyway well done Blair for me. meet him at Irvine Beach he'll pass the ball over <laughs> well done Blair thank you well done Blair I'm only kidding Blair that's poor from you two in a row Probably. two in a row tie break ah, should I go up I, do you know something I should have went with McStay you know uh, well I mean obviously <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know how else you want me to answer that. I think I'd have brought me back into a game. Some innings from them both. I, I, I'm always a bit wary of which site's been used to check, but on the, according to this, 6.83 for McStay, 6.20 for Scott Brown. Mm. Some going that, isn't it? I'm going to look at that and break. You do that. 01419511025. Whether you want to talk title race, the game's tomorrow... Anything left over from the weekend? We said Neil Warnock reckons that it is possible that a team out with Glasgow could make a title challenge. How do you feel about that? Fans of all teams, really, I think, could chip in there. 01419511025. Lawrence is on the line. I'm looking forward to this. How are you, Lawrence? <laughs> Absolutely fine, thank you. Lawrence reckons he's, doesn't even, he's not even bothered about football. I don't even know if he likes it. He reckons he could diagnose you over the phone. Lawrence, what would you do for a living, Lawrence? I used to be a physio. You used to be right, a physio. Lawrence, you've got 30 uh, seconds to ask uh, him the necessary questions. I'm retired. <laughs> Come on, Lawrence, quick. 30 seconds, go. I've right, got a sore okay. ankle. What, what, what ankle is it? Does it matter? Left. Aye. Left. Aye, it's the left one. Yeah. But you're not a left footer, so it can't be that one. Right. Right, okay. Okay. I'm certainly not where, a left footer, whereabouts, no. Whereabouts on the ankle is it? Uh, the, the, inside, inside, and underneath my foot as well. Aye, well, that's a plantar fasciitis you've got. Okay, mate, and oh. that's not a bad word. I know what that is. Yes, and you're going Aye. to tell me you got a tennis ball. Out I think a bit of potent information no, would be the fact that's no, happening no, every no. every during the night. He goes to sleep, he wakes up with it. It's during the night, Lawrence. It's just flaring up. Corticosteroid injection in it, mate. And that'll sort you. Out. Lawrence, okay. I'm I'm having problems in bed. That's my problem. Can you sort that out for me? Oh, well, that might be a neuritis. <laughs> <laughs> I think we better move on. Honestly, this show just plunges to new depths regularly. Oh, brilliant. Uh, anyway, right, we'll, we'll solve you. We'll cure you by the end of the night. Thank you to Lawrence and Kings Park for giving it a good go. 01419511025. Um, that's a poor from you on Beat the Pundit, the way. I, I thought... Okay, a wee bit lucky, unlucky with Blackburn. I should have really went Birmingham. Um, it's it stays that. That's just unlucky. It starts with a B. Um, and a 50 50 with McStay. That okay. was it. Right. I'm, I'm, apart from that, I'm, I'm not You're really disappointed. And I shouldn't be sitting in a seat because I'm uncomfortable. 01419511025. Let's hear a bit from Neil Warnock, right? Because I just think this is the type of discussion that everybody can throw their tuppence worth into. Uh, he's been speaking today ahead of that game tomorrow against Motherwell which is a massive game for both and he believes it is possible for teams in Scotland to challenge Celtic and Rangers however thinks it'll take time and good recruitment I think it is possible to break into the into the big timers but I think it would take anybody time to do that to bring the quality you know having looked at two or three games now uh, I can see certain players that I've had under me 
uh, relishing the challenge up here. Are you with me? That's the, the big thing for um, the club like Aberdeen, you know, your Hibs and your Hearts and all those others. Are you challenging those top two? But I, I've not had, a, I've not had a, a long time really to have looked beyond that. Uh, at any club you go to, I think, I think the recruitment's got to be excellent, really, in liaison with the manager. Then it's all about opinions, really. My opinion probably would, would be different on a player than it would be for another manager. It's a very general and open question, a complex issue, but in, in summary, can, can the other teams get close? Can they, can they challenge? I think they can. You I do? think a team outside Old Firm can win the league. But, wow! But I think that it takes, it's going to take time, exactly like Warnock says, and it's also going to take a chairman to align the full club and allow his sporting director or his um, chief executive to be on the same page as him in terms of how he sees the club and how he sees the style of play, have a manager in place that is willing to um, play that way and have the recruitment team, the scouts, the youth coaches, everybody in the full building, the the, the first team coaches, everybody in alignment with how the, the club are going to play and how the, how the, how the how they want the team to be on the pitch. And I think I think a great example is it is, is Barcelona when they were <laughs> when they were looking for a new manager. Um there's a Pep Guardiola uh, Guardiola documentary on, on BBC iPlayer and they talk about when they were looking they were going through a bad spell and they were looking for a new manager. And Jose Mourinho was flying at the time, I think he'd won one or two Champions Leagues and he was the outstanding candidate and they were about to appoint him and Cruyff said he doesn't align with the Barcelona way of playing and they said who do you think we should take? And they said take the B team manager who's there at the moment, which was a big step for Barcelona to do for their president to give the B-team coach the job. And the B-team coach ended up being Pep Guardiola because he fitted the, the Barcelona DNA. And I think that if a, if a club in Scotland were to not think short-term about winning games in the short-term, about looking to start and give a, a, a whole revamp of a club, starting from top to bottom and have everybody in the same page the way they see their team playing, and recruiting a manager that has that style, that has time to recruit players based on how he sees the game and how the club see the game. I think over the course of two, three years, six, eight transfer windows, young lads coming through, having played the same way through the 16s, 18s uh, reserves, I think there's a, there's a all, all things need to go, all ducks need to fall in the same row, but I think that I think definitely they need to. Um, I think definitely can be done. I think if it's um, if it's done from top to bottom properly, there's definitely a possibility it can be how done. Do you, how do you cut through, Gordon, the unavoidable fact? And I'm, I'm being quite general with the statistics here because I don't have the latest ones. But the Celtic and, and Rangers, to a point as well, even when compared to Hibs and Hearts and Aberdeen, I don't know. You're probably still talking six, seven times the wage bill, something like that. And football generally just falls into. The richest teams win. I mean, not always. There's going to be examples. How how do you how do we find a not always? Thing? Yeah. Well, I agree with you, Charlie. If you've got to do it, that's probably the way you've, you'll have to go about it. Um, whether it can be done, I'm a little bit more sceptical of it. You look back to Fergie's time, and I was very fortunate that I played at that time, and I remember him coming down to Glasgow, and he took on the big two Celtic Rangers. In fact, I lost two Scottish Cup finals to the Aberdeen side. And it was through basically that sort of a... He brought young, desired, hungry players into the, the team 
and he matched it with a couple of good experience. He built from the back. They were a terrific side. They, they were successful in Europe. We've not seen the likes of that again. Um, I think it would be very, very difficult. I just think that football's moved on from that. I think that you look at our Premier League, Charlie's talking about bringing someone in with, with the Barcelona way. We're getting managers that lose three, four games in the Premier League and get sacked. Well, that's, that's my exact point. Yeah. I think with the chairman and the sporting director or the chairman and Having the chief a long-term plan. A long-term plan. So it's no, if you base success just on results alone, how can you ever get any better? Because all you're ever doing is saying, right, we won a game, let's move on to next week game. But you could actually win a game and play terrible and not play in any sort of style, game of basketball, toss a coin, whoever wins a game. And then you go next week, you don't analyse it because you don't know how you've won. You go into next week and you lose, what do you do then? So I think we're too, in this country, we're too busy uh, basing success on results. Ultimately, we know results are most important, but I think you need to understand how you get the results in order to move forward as a club and progress. I think it'll be, I think it'll be, I don't think it'll be in the next five, ten years, to be honest with you, because you look at our league just now, right? Rangers this season were poor under Michael Beale, changed their manager. Um, you look at Celtic have come in for criticism of their January, uh, sorry, their summer transfer window, the amount of players that, that you know wasn't up to Celtic quality. So they've not hit the heights this year. And you would never look at a Hearts, Aberdeen, or teams like that that would challenge them. So what I'm saying is, I, I sort of agree with Charlie. If you're going to do it, that's the only way you could achieve it. But whether that's going to happen over the next five, ten years, I very much doubt it. I, I, I find that Celtic Rangers will just get stronger and stronger. Mm. I think it's, if it get a chance to happen, it's the only way it can happen. Mm. I think if you just keep sacking managers bringing in managers hoping for short-term success. You only ever get short-term success six months, maybe a year, getting a European place. And then if you don't have these right structures in place, and when I talk about, just to be clear, when I talk about having a style, if you're if you're a team that want to play 4-4-2 for talking sake and you want to have two big strikers and you want to get it forward as quick as possible, your recruitment should be based on that. So even if you've got a player that's that's flying, who's who's small and quick, who doesn't fit into that sort of Burnley type of way of playing, and you've got somebody that's maybe no get as big a name, but they'll do a job up front because they're tall and they fit into your way of playing, then you sign that player. And, and over the course of three, four years, you'll see a team that are playing the way, you're bringing young lads through, you can sell young lads because they're going to come through knowing exactly what their job is, the recruitment for a young age is, bringing that type of player in, you're getting wingers that put the ball in the box for these two big strikers. I'm just giving you an example mm. of a way it can be done. So you're bringing young players through that know exactly what the job is and what's entailed with coming coming into the first team. So it's a seamless transition for the 16s, 18s, reserves, into the first team. And then that's how you sell players on. And teams will buy players because they think, because you could get a player that's no fancied by one team, but if he's banging goals in for you because he shoots your way of playing, he's going to draw attention and people are going to sign him. Whereas if you're playing a different style, for example, at Dundee United, we had Dylan Levitt, who was a great signing, but we also had Stephen Fletcher. So Dylan Levitt's a player that you need to... He's a great player, great midfielder. I, I, I really like him. But you need to have possession of the ball if you want to have Dylan Levitt in your team because he's, he's a footballer that likes to play football. 
where we had Stephen, T- Stephen Fletcher, who was a target man. The ball's going over Dylan Levitt's head to get to but she Stephen back Fletcher to, to play at his strengths. Whereas I'm not saying Fletcher can't play to feet, but he can. But yeah. if you're not playing yeah. football and you're playing long balls, you're missing Dylan Levitt out, who can potentially move for five million quid. Whereas you're playing total football, Dylan Levitt's going to get back to your point, get back to Fergus' point just quickly um, when he dominated. The contract situation was completely different. You could build a team because you were in control of the contracts, you were in control of the players. Nowadays, you bring up young players who are brilliant, you'd be selling them within six months a year. Uh, Thomas says, Charlie's point of managing a certain way only works if we've got a 14 or 16 team league. It's too close to the playoffs after three or four defeats for most teams. Maybe that creates the culture as well. Would Maybe you, one... Just quickly on that, you need to be willing to say, right, well, we might go down doing this, but if you look at the history of teams that go down... They bounce, the chances are they bounce right back up so you're taking a risk but it's, your risk is based on what are we going to look like in 5 to 10 years mm. time maybe one aimed at the so-called uh, bigger clubs out with Glasgow but lots of you can chip in if you want to have your say you want to focus more specifically back on tomorrow night's games or the title race or Gordon Dale's feet whatever you want 01419511025 get your calls in Clyde One live celebrating the first 50 years Yes, for the last 50 years, Clyde One's brought you some of the best and most memorable live gigs. We felt it was time to do it again, so we are bringing back Clyde One Live as part of the 50th celebrations of this radio station. We're going to take over the Ovo Hydro on Friday the 31st of May, and we want you to be there. Got some huge names joining us. The full lineup will be revealed soon, but if you want to get your place secured before they sell out, you can head to ClydeOne.com. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Charlie Mulgrew and Gordon Diel are here on 0141-951-1025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Keep your calls coming in, whatever is on your mind, whether it's the title race, looking ahead to tomorrow's games. Neil Warnock, he's sort of new to these parts and he was asked if he thought any team outside of Glasgow could ever make a, a go at it at the top of the table. wonder what your thoughts are there. And whilst you get your calls in, let me give you this question. The full-time teaser with Universal Interiors East Kilbride, where their made-to-measure wardrobes are always on the ball. I think elements of this are really easy. So we'll see how you get on Thanks to Dean for sending it in Did you hear about the nightmare I had on last night's? No, but I'm not so, Wrong question No, 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 no So I've got the full time I'm going to make sure I don't make the same mistake So I've got the Beat the Pundit questions As you know Because mm-hmm. you lost tonight And the full time teaser questions mm-hmm. So Kenny Miller um, Went for the 10 last night He got 10 right on, on Beat the Pundit So when I was like Marking them sort of thing I was holding them up to him like this And he was reading them but I had the I had the full time teaser questions showing them off to everybody, <laughs> including Roger Hanna, who sat and wrote them all down <laughs> and with ten seconds of the show remaining revealed that because some of them were even by his standards, you're thinking like no one's ever and he getting didn't them. Even and then with 10 seconds ah. to go, he said, yeah, I saw it in your paper. Ah. Ah. Listen, it's a challenge. Charlie and I like the challenge. Tonight, it's easier. Thanks go to on. Dean. Since the introduction of permanent squad numbers in Scotland, Celtic have had seven number ones. Can you name them? Seven number ones. I mean, they're bound to be easy ones. So. Don't have oh, Yeah, you okay, Charlie? Um, Fraser Foster. Yeah, okay. We'll leave it there and see. Would you, would you care to throw a sort of more... Obscure one out there um, Not every goalie's number one But Yeah um, Number one uh, Barkas 
Yes Okay we'll leave it there And see how you get on Thanks to Dean for sending it in We're Looking for Celtic's Seven number ones Since permanent squad num- numbers were uh, I think since they came into Scottish football Let's uh, Still just Steve wants to tell you To eat cherries and drink cherry juice I mean oh, honestly like For your, your gout Anyway Jamie's on the line How's it going Jamie? Hi Gordon how you doing you alright? Yeah good here what are, your, what are your thoughts for us tonight Jamie? I was listening there actually I listen every night big big fan of the show um, and I was listening to just the conversation about how you sort of break the Glasgow grip on the title it's a conversation me and my mates have quite a lot I'm a Celtic fan the other one's a Rangers fan and one of them's a Hearts fan and obviously we all kind of talk about each other's clubs and things like that and sort of how it's a conversation that comes up quite a lot cause me personally I mean, obviously, I want Celtic to win the league every season, but it would be nice to see an outside team win that, similar to the kind of Leicester effect in the Premier League. But I don't think that they're going to be able to do that if they don't improve on their performances within Europe. And I think that's the sort of main way to bridge the gap. They're already not getting the money that they should be getting for the transfer fees. So obviously he's going to go for £7 million. But if he's in the Championship in England moving to the Premier League, he's paying upwards of £20 million. Do you know what I mean, that's sort of almost sort of like outlook changing and money for a team like Aberdeen or Hearts or Hibs and teams like that so um, I, that's kind of my main thought I think the only way they can press the gap is to improve on their performances in Europe but how do you do that when their budgets are already sort of stripped bare to the bone like how do you do that how do you retain your best assets and improve in Europe at the same time yeah. I really think that's the only way to bridge that gap well, it's, the only, it's actually the same for Celtic and Rangers actually but even more important then the only real way to make money if you're Aberdeen or Hibs or Hearts or make serious money is to sell players for a lot of money um, or yeah or succeed in Europe as Jamie says so well my, my, my way of doing it is is selling players so as I said already said that if you've got a way of playing right through the structure of your team Right through your structure, your club with the 16s or whatever, 15s, all the way through. By the time the 15 year olds get to the first team at 18, 19, they'll be much more prepared to come in. So if you've got you get a player that knows exactly what he's doing, he's got a much more chance of breaking into your first team. And if he's if you're looking for fast wingers that, that look to go behind, for example, then you recruit from a young age fast wingers that like to go behind. And regardless who your manager is, he comes in to fit into the way the club play. And the, the club style, of course, he'll have his little tweaks on it, his bits and pieces. The main principles are, are remain the same. Then he's got a much more chance of playing in the team, excelling in the team. And if the more players you have, the more players you sell, the the higher transfer mm. fees you can demand. I think that Jimmy makes a, a good point. I think in that we don't, our so-called smaller clubs don't get the big transfer mm. fees. At the same time. I think Aberdeen, Aberdeen would take seven million for me. Obviously, oh, really? that would actually that would actually be quite good in comparison mm. to to what we've had in before. So would, would that be would that be the start of it? I mean, ultimately, if you can get such a good recruitment system in place that you yeah. sign you you but you get seven million in, and the next guy costs you one, and then that goes again, and then that keeps happening. But it's just it, it does seem like um, but finding a lot of factors finding play that there. recruitment that's going to be so successful. We've looked at. How hard it is You look at a team And the Celtic fans Have criticised Celtic for it um, You look at their Summer recruitment Which I think Everybody admits Was very poor But look how good It's been for the last 15 uh, years for yeah, Celtic Yeah Well, I, I, there, There's no doubt in that But I agree with you In the sense that The only way you can do it Is generate a good recruitment Bring in players Sell them on um, And I understand What Charlie's saying I just think that You probably need a a high investor to come in and decide that you know this is my club I've got a few quid I'm going to really invest into it so, so what you think the harsh reality is that 
even as a Leicester, as Jamie says, you know, it can be done. You don't need to have the exact same budget. You don't even need to have close to the same budget, but it needs to be closer than what what our teams have got just now, basically. Because yeah. they're absolutely dwarfed, aren't they? I mean, mm-hmm. but so so was Leicester with with Man City, weren't they? Do you think it would have been as much? I'm trying to. Fit, I mean, I'll look it up. Well, I'd imagine six. some Man City players would have been what two hundred grand a week, two hundred fifty yeah. grand a week, maybe three hundred grand a week, and Leicester players would have been anything between forty and a hundred. Mm-hmm. But the only, the only thing I'll say about that, and I agree with you, it was a, a great achievement. There's other teams in that league that can beat Man City's. You know, you've got Arsenal's, you've got, yeah, you've got Manchester United, you've got Tottenham's, you've got teams like that can beat Man City's. You look at our big two, every week they go up against anybody in this Premier League and every pundit backs Rangers or Celtic. Mm. So it's going to be a very difficult gap to bridge for me. Um, I think that right now, and listen, Charlie's idea is very, very good, and I, I know where he's coming from, but, but right now I think just going forward and looking at the way Rangers and Celtic are, I think the is not to go and win the league for these clubs, I think it's mm. to try and bridge the gra- gap and get closer in third. What do you think, Jimmy? approach as well because I think manager turnaround is just far too quick nowadays like it's a shame for Aberdeen actually that Neil Warnock's not coming in 10 years ago you know what I mean he's got a chance to try and maybe build something a bit because I, like, I really like that he's involved in Scottish football now but I, it's I say it's a catch-22 situation do you know what I mean because Charlie's in there like you need to try you bring the young players in but ultimately they're, they're well with their own ambitions and they all kind of want to move on it's about trying to build that stability which is why I think it's quite good that Aberdeen have managed to hold on to Miofsky as long as they have and if they can manage to even squeeze another season out of them, you, know, you never know what might be possible for them in Europe next season. They might manage to pick up a, bit, a few more wins and it's just, as I say, it's about getting that money in. If, you, um, if, you, if you've got these young players on, on long-term contracts and that comes back to a good chief executive or a good sporting director or a good head of youth, if you've got all that in place and you get these in long-term contracts then you can demand higher fees, especially the more you have. You could argue at the minute, Charlie, that that's currently what Aberdeen are trying to do, and they're still not picking up the, the high transfer fees. I mean, how, what was the what was the boy at right back? Sorry, I completely forget his name. Um, that, I think he was a right back that moved to Liverpool. Ramsey. Ramsey. Um, Ramsey. And I'd say, how much did he get? I think it was was it anywhere about four million pounds. Yeah. Man, I don't even know that, but I know it wasn't like an sensational amount of money. But, but can you ima- can you imagine that everybody was? Like, this is my whole point. If everybody at the clubs aligned, so. If Ramsey's an attacking fullback, he comes through the youths and he's into an Aberdeen team that finish second or or third, but closer to second, and they're, they're doing decent in Europe. They've got a way of playing. They they, they use their attacking fullbacks. So they could have demanded a lot more money, and the more money you demand for for one transfer, you can then it's an all-con effect to the next because the teams that come in know well. They want seven million for their for their right backs or whoever they bring through. But you end up banging your head in the ceiling at some point, don't you? It reminds me of the night that we said Matt O'Reilly was linked with Atletico Madrid. We had Celtic fans on saying, "Fine, fifty million." <laughs> he said, "Well, yeah," and people said it would be worth that if he was playing in England. Uh huh. And the answer is though, but but he's not. And if you've got, if you're going to say it will cost you fifty million for him, Matt O'Reilly's agent phones up. Celtic says, is that right? You better pay him like a £50 million yeah. player then. So it'll be the same challenges, isn't it? I think, that, I think that's the problem. That's why I went back to the why Fergie was so successful. He was in charge of the transfers. And the, the, and the thing is as well, I know it's such an easy thing for me to say to sweep that it's just such a different era as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but, but the contracts then, Gordon, were completely different. You, could, you couldn't walk out freedom of contract. The minute exactly. your con- contract was up, you had to get a fee and you... If, 
clubs were in control of the players and on those days there weren't uh, too many agents going about now it's completely different you see players coming in and Scotland a lot of clubs out with Scotland look at their league and think right okay a player's doing very well there they're not going to come in and give you well unless you're you're turning stuff like that the one-offs um, they're going to try and get a bargain off you and most of the times you're talking out with the Rangers and Celtic here Aberdeen's hearts and people like that they'll snatch your hand off for it and, and should they'll they all, sell cheap is there a case though that they should also be squeezing more out of what they've got because obviously everybody would acknowledge they don't have as much money as Celtic and Rangers fine but if you look there have been examples Hibs and Hearts and Aberdeen are paying some players decent wages by all accounts compared to you know maybe at previous times there's been high profile examples um, uh, was it was a, why does his first name escape me Muller that Hibs signed from America yep. by all accounts you know and a good whack of money you know Hearts and, and, and yep. Aberdeen have shown so some ambition but then those guys haven't worked out and then that comes back to how's your how's your recruitment always a full circle for me so if your recruitment's based on exactly how you play in the full club are on the same page, scouts, recruitment, chief executive, manager, coaches, the, everybody knows what you're looking for in a player, then you can then pay that bit extra because you know that this striker's coming in and if he plays the way he's been at the previous club, because we know he can play like that, we know his strengths, we have a bit of coaching here, he fit into our style, he'll score this amount of goals. And don't get me wrong, it's not an exact science, but it's at least it's a closer way of gauging how to get better mm. as a club. Mm. Thank you very much, Jamie. Interesting, I have to say. Uh, good debate. Thanks for chipping in on it on 01419511025. Dean was wanting you to name, since the introduction of permanent squad numbers in Scotland, Celtic have had seven number ones. Can you name them? There's one on here that's causing mm, a bit of a steward's inquiry, mm. but anyway. Magnus Hedman? No, so it wasn't number one. How far back we go? Not David Marshall. Uh, wasn't number one. No. Wasn't number one. Nope. Bain wasn't number one. No. Nope. Um, There's an obvious one that you've not got yet. Porridge. Yes. Well, that's one of the obvious ones. We'll get the rest of the answers and more of your calls next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Charlie Mulgrew and Gordon DL are in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Thanks to Dean for sending this in and thanks to Universal Interiors East Kilbride for helping us out Can you name seven Celtic have had seven number ones apparently since the introduction of permanent squad numbers You've got Boric, Forster, Barkas and Hart Surely Craig Gordon Yes, well done Paddy Bonner no, nope. it's not far off, you know. But I don't. I think that was. At the I think it's packy border as well. Uh, I think that was at the time when was that? I think maybe squad number still were a bit fluid at that point. I think is just Wilson's, after that, Wilson's big pal one. Nope, he is not. There's one on here, right? That we've done a bit of research. Dean sent him. We reckon this guy was get through. He had the number one, but I don't think he ever played. Demetric. No, but I, it's no. along those lines. It's like. What about any evidence? Oh, I know Sanchez Brotto. Nope. No. What about the lad um, Roger sent him to freeze? Nah. Now, is that a real feature of being at a club like Celtic? There must be some amount of like kind of third choice goalies that you come and go that you never really. Um, who, who did we have? So who did we have been around your time? Oh, we had Logan Bailey. That's right. Yeah. So again, didn't play very much. He did didn't he? play very much. No. Oh, you always get the odd one that comes in. It doesn't he play. I, I think that would have been the best for you what? Like a third choice goalie Because you don't really like contributing to football in any meaningful way Do you know what I mean? You'd have been quite happy to turn up Oh, oh for, was on a good contract On the bench All day No, long. even on the bench, <laughs> in the stand 
All well, I'll, I'll the sit team, on the bench. There's lot, you don't have to warm up. The third right? choice, no, the goalies do though. The third choice goalies are great at doing those. Ah, uh, you just a game starts. Yeah. What you're trying to say is you just sit there and watch the games. Right, right? Aye, and you're thinking I'm on a five year contract here. <laughs> Bonuses included On you go lads You get two to get One I think you should Probably get Quite a well known Former Celtic keeper The other one Like I say I can't even find Any well evidence known. of him Having played There we go Well, It's a Roger Hanna Level nice. question um, um, I mean we get Guys like Scott Carson He's Champions League Winners medals Doesn't he Just got the, the Mantelpiece looking Magnificent Anyway right um, Anything else Game specific Ahead of tomorrow We've just spent the last Bit talking on the back of a Neil Warnock comment that's got yeah. everyone debating. That's he, quite a big game. He needs to start by beating Motherwell tomorrow, and Motherwell need to bounce back from cup disappointment. Yeah, I think that'll be quite exciting at Pitori. Um Neil Warnock's went in there, um, obviously still in the cup. He likes to hold the limelight with the press. Um, he's a bit of a character, Neil. Um, but I think Motherwell got up there and they've got to bounce back from the disappointment of the Scottish Cup exit No, uh, all credit to, to Gamery and Morton I thought they were excellent on the night deserved to go through no doubt about that got a great draw against Hearts but for Motherwell bouncing off of that last league win at home 5-0 against Ross County they've got to go up there it'll be difficult um, but I can see them maybe sneaking a little draw I mean you know Aberdeen well Charlie Neil Warnock's talking kind of bigger picture and the fans are I think really liking him and liking the size of the name and the profile and some of the things he's saying straight away you just need to win games don't they need to climb that table quickly they do and that's what he'll be looking for but I think he comes across so well because he's just completely been himself completely honesty and I think people take to that they love it um, he's been brilliant and I think that they'll definitely pick up results under him because his man management seems to be his main strength I think he's been quoted saying that 95% of being a manager is managing players and, and I agree with him I, I agree that no matter what your your playing style is or what you choose to play you need to be able to manage people in all walks of life and and definitely football management so I think they'll pick up a result tomorrow night well, um, I suppose the danger is though third is possibly beyond them would we go yeah. as far as that already yeah, Ars- is it? Ars- cement that if they keep shanking fit they're 23 points ahead but they do have Hearts are twenty three points ahead, but there's two games in hand for Aberdeen. So even even if they're, they're not they're not things, catching that, no. they're not closing that gap. So um, all about fourth, if all they even could. Yeah, if they can get if, the, the the way Aberdeen have been this season, I think top six will be an achievement for them. Eleven but, eleven behind fourth. Yeah, they're certainly not, they're certainly not closing uh, Hearts. When no. I when I look at the appointment, I knew Walmart, and he's been brought in in the past to save people from possible. Situations, relegation, and a drift at the bottom. I look at it and think, why would you bring him? And and the wee things that he said when he first came in in his conference, his press conference and stuff. I think they're bringing him in to try and win the Scottish Cup, or get a good run, get to the final right. in the Scottish yeah. Cup. That's that's my thinking. That's Just that's what I think. Salvage something. From yeah, the and try in the league. Obviously, finish finish as high they can, knowing that they probably can't get third. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose that points gap to third is extremely big. Um, Motherwell, Gordon, would you? How damaging can a cup result like that be? Very much so, because they get into this game tomorrow night, and uh, you know you look at Aberdeen, Warnock, home tie. There'll be a big crowd there. Majoski banging goals in for fun. Uh, they can't afford a, a an embarrassing result, Gordon. Um, 
I think they've got to go up there. I think if they can get a draw, get out of there with a point, it would be terrific for them. But they've got to bounce back. I know that you can fall back in this undefeated, and is it nine apart from the Morton game? But if you look at the overall picture in the league, it was two, two wins in 20. You can't keep doing that. They've got to pick up points uh, because there's other teams there. If Aberdeen beat them tomorrow night, they'll go above them. They drop down the league again. So you've just got to make sure that you're consistently picking up points, especially on the road, and hopefully get performances like they did against Ross County at Fir Park. I'll make them safe. But I think that's after. But then, see, at the same time, can you keep going? Can you see when you've gone on a bad run? There's mm. now nothing. There's then nothing you can do about that. When do you? When do you start looking at least a bit shorter than those twenty games? I think over the last six games, Motherwell are the fourth. Fourth most informed mm. team in the league. Six games is a decent sample. Only Celtic, Rangers, and Hearts, I think, have got more points in the last four games. I th- how often? How long can you keep holding what happened twenty games ago? No, because because I, th- I, I, I think I think there's a, a thing in football that you get into a winning mentality. You know that you're turning up at games. I think Motherwell, and I think that probably was a small part. And I'm taking nothing away from Morton uh, going to Capello. Um, you've got to go there and know how to win winning's a habit, losing is a habit now I think for Motherwell just now is game to game and they've got to go up there tomorrow night they've got the players that can hurt uh, Aberdeen if they're on form of that there's no doubt um, but it will be a difficult game because Aberdeen have got that lift with the new manager they've got a guy that can score goals for fun they're at home, there'll be a big crowd there Um but they've got to make sure they've just keeping that distance between them and Ross County and don't give Ross County any encouragement. And I certainly don't think Ross County will get any encouragement tomorrow night because I think Rangers will obviously win that game very comfortably. But you've just got to keep picking and sort of a, picking away at the points, get the points and hope you're home for them continues like they did against Ross County. Yeah, I was going to say, let's finish where we started. Will Rangers be top tomorrow night? Yeah. Yeah, uh, get the three look, then. I think I think if you're Rangers and I can understand the Rangers manager playing it down, saying, "Look, most important thing, go and get three points first and foremost." You don't get a better opportunity. Ross County, they lost five at Fir Park. They were all over the place. They've replaced their manager. I don't know if they'll get a lift with the interim manager. I don't know what he's been doing. He's had a bit of time to work with them, but Rangers are banging for them. They're confident. They know what's ahead. Listen, I think it's a great time. I know there's a lot of football to be played, and I say it again, I still tipped Celtic just to win it narrowly. I think it will be tight. But what a great time for Rangers to put that pressure on Celtic by just going top of the league. No, I don't. No? I don't think they'll... They're not scoring too many goals. They're no, are creating a lot of chances that we spoke about before or, or having a lot of shots in target, but no scoring goals. So I think that they'll... A 2-0 win. win A 2-0 win And draw it perfectly yes. Level on goal difference I'm going with that um, <laughs> I mean, And I suppose that maybe Is the bit where it does become Maybe that's the bit That does shine the spotlight on Us being a bit too obsessed with Whether it's top or whether it's not mm. You know as if Philippe Clement's Going to come away from mm. tomorrow Going oh I can't believe it We only scored two And now we're level When if we'd scored one more We would have been top You know the margins are so small So yeah, maybe, it, maybe it's, Is it just an excitement thing for fans? Exactly That's all it is It won't be for the players It won't be for the staff It won't be for the manager Absolutely not Because there's still a lot of football to be played There's still games against Celtic Where they've not really come out and top Let's be honest about that Important games 
There's games on the road that you've got to look at over a piece and think these are these will be difficult ties. So as much as it's just a excitement thing for the supporters and a good thing for the supporters because they can gloat on the fact that everybody thought the league was away before Clermont walked into the building and all of a sudden we're in Valentine's night and Rangers may be top of the league. So for the supporters, great, but for the players and the management, it'll make no difference. Right, two more. Former Celtic number ones. One's like verging and impossible, but what Rab about... Douglas? No, actually, he wasn't number one. Was Gordon Marshall? No, so just after that sort of era... Stuart Kerr? No, so just after that, you're close. Sort of would have been late, Who, uh, early, two, early 2000s. Martin O'Neill's team. Start of that, yeah. I played against Martin O'Neill's team. Quite oh, Gould? Yes, Gould. Jonathan Gould. And the last one, honestly, I... <laughs> I can't find evidence of a of an appearance, but apparently he did get given number one. He was Australian. I think it was around the turn of the century as well, maybe or maybe just after that. Initials. DM. I don't think that's going to matter to you. DM. What? A bit. A bit. Thousand? You saying? Just I David. Oh three oh four. David. Danny Milosevic. I've never heard him. You heard him? Apparently he was not. He didn't. You don't think he played though? He's going to came in and get given the jersey and he's got it up in his wall. Anyway, thank you. Back tomorrow, big night in the Premiership. Back from six o'clock. Have a good night.